You're listening to Inspirational Perspective with Linnell Harris. Inspirational Perspective is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. Are you living the best life possible? You can subscribe to the Inspirational Perspective blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Follow Linnell on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. In this recording, Linnell continues his series on your mind, your strongest strength, your weakest weakness. This series explores the relationship between the mind and the outcomes we actually produce. In the second part of the series, Linnell explores the battlefield of our minds. Let's join the conversation. While I was in San Diego, Friday before I left, I had the opportunity to go to the Navy SEAL base where they train Navy SEALs and also where I think about seven of the Navy SEAL teams are based. And uh, I got a, I got a chance to get a behind the scenes look at how the Navy SEALs train. And I also got a, a very up close look at the weapons they use. And I bring this up because I'll be talking a lot about the mind. And one of the things that I learned in getting this behind the scenes look at Navy SEAL training is that that training is all about the mind. And a real quick observation from my time on the base, and then I'll, I'll, I'll dive into the topic. But while I was there, I noticed a few things. And, and you guys, you know this about me. I'm very observant, right? I'm just, I'm taking all this in. I was excited to be there. I mean, literally in the same space with, you know, the baddest soldiers <laughs> on the planet. And so I'm just kind of taking it all in. And uh, a friend of mine was touring me through. And what I noticed is while I was there, every now and then I would see a group of soldiers or maybe two, always in pairs at least, though, running wherever they had to go. And so when I first got on the base, there was you know two soldiers. They had their fatigues on and big bags, caps, and they were trotting, right? And the bags were big and they were kind of, in this trot going wherever they had to go. And then later I saw the same thing and I kept seeing it, you know, different places and some were dressed different. Others had on their workout fatigues, camouflage. And, uh, I asked, uh, my friend London who gave me the tour, I said, Hey, what's going on here? Like, why are the soldiers running everywhere they have to go? He said, what he told me is any soldier that you see running, um, or any seal in training, that's what they are. Seals in training that you see running, they, from the time they get there and they start their training, nine month training. And remember, they're already soldiers when they get there, right? The best of the best. And so when they start this nine month training, from the time they get there to the time they graduate, if they have to go somewhere, they have to basically run. It's, it's not necessarily like a hardcore run. It's more of like a, a jog trot. But they have to run. And so he said, basically, unless they're sleeping, eating or using the bathroom, they have to run. Now, I brought that up because what their commanding officers are doing or those training officers are doing is programming their minds. Think about this. If for nine months, that is how 
you relate to going somewhere, then there is no other speed than a jaw trot. So in battle, even if you're wounded, you think you have to keep that pace because you've been trained mentally to keep the pace and your body has been trained to keep that pace. This is how powerful our mind is. It just blew me away, right? And that's just one aspect of the training. I can't go into everything I learned. But we're talking all about the mind. And I shared this last week. But if you shift your mind, you can shift your world. So hopefully you guys got something out of that. Okay. Your mind. Your strongest strength. Your weakest weakness. So speaking of Navy SEALs and soldiers, most of us will never encounter an actual battlefield. And I think that's a good thing. As a matter of fact, I know that's a good thing. It would be nice if no one had to encounter a battlefield. However, if you were told that you would have to go back to battle after you recuperate from the anxiety attack you probably would have if someone said, hey, you know, you have to go to battle. Like, Zach, you know, Zach, you got to go to battle. You know, that would be crazy, right? I can recall when I was a, a lot younger and, you know, you turn 18 and you have to you have to fill out your draft card. So that way, if something happens, you can get called up. I remember just, you know, how weird that felt. Like, man, if we went to a full-scale war, I will be called into battle even though I'm not an enlisted soldier. And so I think any of us right now today, if someone said, hey, you have to go to battle, uh, we would be pretty scared or afraid or at least have some anxiety. And I'm also guessing that once we get over that, we say, "Okay, I I have to get prepared. Right. I mean, if you're going to go to war, then at least let's get some preparation. And so my question is, if you could choose your weapons for battle, I bet you would spend a, a lot of time learning about different weapons and how they could be used. I think that's uh, probably a legitimate deduction. And I'm certain that in a short period of time, you would have a full understanding of which weapons would work best for you among their pros and cons, right? So if you're a a big guy, then you probably find the weapons that work best for you and and how you want to prepare for battle. If you're a smaller woman, you find the weapons that work for you, right? You have to stay alive. So let me take, you know, this maybe lighter machine gun, more agile machine gun, whereas a bigger guy might take something bigger. Either way, you would become somewhat of an expert if you were thrust into this particular situation and you had no choice. And I'd also speculate that you'd be a bit concerned about who would be accompanying you on the battlefield. I mean, after all, if you're going to war, you want to be real serious about which soldiers you choose to have by your side. All right. Am I wrong yet? I mean, I'm, I'm building a case here. So consider that you are at war. 
The only difference is your battlefield is not in the desert sands of Afghanistan or the jungles of Vietnam, right? The battlefield that most of us encounter or the war that we encounter is a battlefield that happens every day in our minds. And so the question becomes, are you taking your mental battle as seriously as you would if your immediate life and safety were on the line? So you might say, Linnell, what do you mean by this mental battle? Well, for many of us, our most prolific battles will be fought in the depths and dark corners of our minds. Recently, I was having a conversation with a friend and I was telling him that one of the things I've learned about myself is that I had to learn how to say no when no was easy. All right, so let me explain what I mean by that. We can go just simply to like the food I eat, right? I could be driving home from work. It's later than usual, so I'm hungry. I don't feel like cooking dinner. And I say to myself, well, I want to eat something. I haven't made a decision yet. And so before I even pull into a fast food restaurant or somewhere that I probably don't want to eat because I know the food is not necessarily good for me. Before I pull into the restaurant, there is an opportunity to say no to it before I even get close. And that's what I'm talking about in regards to the battle in our minds, right? The decisions we have to make, the mental battle where we go back and forth between yes and no in regards to what it is that we think we should or we believe we should do. And so what I was sharing with my friend is what I'm learning is this battle becomes easier when you're not engaged in full out warfare. Right. If I can squash the battle early on by saying no, like, let's say before I even leave the job. Right. Hmm. All right. It's late. Say the clock. I'm hungry. What will I eat? Well, I'm going to pass a lot of restaurants on the way home. No. Right. Before I even get in the car. And when I get home, this is what I'll have. Or. If I am going to stop, I'm going to stop at this particular restaurant because I can purchase something that's healthy and that's better for me. And then I lock that in my mind and then move forward. So saying no before it gets any tougher, like saying no when no is easy. Because if you think that you're going to go to Harold's and... Eat something healthy. Like, I'm going to go there, but I'm not going to get a six wing. (laughs) I'm actually going to do something different this time. I'm going to find something on the menu that's a little better for me. You've already lost the battle. Like, you've already lost the battle. The odds change. Like, if this was Vegas, the odds are on Harold's. You're going to get six wings and some fries. And who knows what else? Maybe a, a piece of cake. It's done. And so, the idea overall or what I'm trying to get across is that everything we do earlier in the year and towards the end of last year, I talked a lot about resolutions and tips for setting resolutions and how to maintain and keep your goals. That's a battle. That is a mental battle because you are waging war against your habits. 
literally rage like waging war against your habits and the way things have always been. So you can create in this year the way you want things to go, the vision that you have, what you see as possible. That's a mental battle. Based on that assessment, that being shared, I have come to regard my mind as the most intense battlefield I will ever encounter. Because the things I allow to enter my mind through what I see, through what I hear, through what I read, through what I watch, through what I feel, through what I taste, through even through what I smell and every other imaginable input eventually serves as a weapon that will either help me or hurt me. I supply the weapons based on what I consume. So for those of you who've been listening, you know, for the last couple of months, yes, I'm back. I'm back to consumption. I'm back to inputs because we cannot have a conversation about the mind unless we address what goes into the mind. We cannot. And so when I was talking earlier about saying no when no is easy, you also have to have a say no when no is easy mental diet. Because if you don't, then you can't even wrap your brain around what I'm talking about. And part of the reason for that is because of your mental diet. So how do you shift that? Well, one, you listen to the show. But two, every chance you get, you begin to feed your brain, you feed your mind something different. It's just that simple. I think a great example I can recall back when I played basketball in high school and college. Um, So organized basketball playing at a high level. And one of the things that my teammates and I would do before a game is we would watch basketball highlights, like basketball reels, like just watch Michael Jordan tapes, right, of his different basketball highlights or watch, you know, the top 10 plays uh, in the NBA. But either way or in, in college basketball, but we would watch basketball because we were about to go play a game that required that our mind, our mind state was completely wrapped around the thing that we were going to do. And then we would go perform. This is the idea. Sometimes we expect magic to happen when it comes to our outputs. And we haven't put anything in. A good example is, let's take work. If you really want to increase or accelerate your productivity, or what you contribute in the workplace, then you have to begin creating a diet of productivity and engagement and whatever else you can think of in regards to the work that you do for how you can produce that in the workplace. And so if you say, I'm going to have a phenomenal year this year at work, I'm actually going to, I'm going to do so great I'm going to be noticed and get promoted. But you haven't bought a book on productivity or 
a book on how to increase your efficacy for your career. You haven't created a diet and a diet plan to produce that. Then you're no better than an athlete that doesn't practice and work out. I mean, the mind works the same way the body does. Inputs, outputs, inputs, outputs. And I believe this is one of the reasons why we have intentions or we have these things that we want to create, we want to do, but we can't do it because we haven't created the diet for our minds where it can eventually become the output. So I'll say it again. The things I allow to enter my mind through what I see, hear, read, watch, feel, taste, smell, and every other imaginable input eventually serve as a weapon that will either help me or hurt me. Because we supply the weapons based on what we consume. So the extent to which I am winning or losing the war on the battlefield of my mind has everything to do with the weapons I provide the enemy. And so who is the enemy? If we're talking about our minds, we're talking about our mental. The enemy would be procrastination, self-doubt, fear, and all the other self-defeating qualities we tend to feed. So if you feed something, then that is what's going to persist and grow. It's the same thing with a mood. Like if you're if you're in a bad mood, you have to choose to stay like you have to choose to stay. And and some of you are probably like, "Nah, I don't have to choose to stay. If you make me mad enough, I'm just going to be mad. And that's what it is. Well, the reason that's what it is, is because you've taught yourself to feed that particular emotion. And so it's almost an automatic for you. But it's a choice. If you can become aware that it's a choice, it's a choice. And so as a result, you can actually choose differently if you begin to upload different inputs into your mind. I I wrote a post, I think the middle of last year, And the title was three ways to download success. I said download because success typically eludes us because we don't have the necessary ingredients to be successful. What are the ingredients? The ingredients are the inputs and the inputs create the outputs. And so if success is eluding you right now, then the best place to look is not towards who to blame because we are our worst enemies more so than anybody else. Keep that in mind. And so the blame will fall on you. And so how do you rectify that? You rectify that by turning your attention towards your inputs. If I'm not successful at what it is that I want to do, what are my inputs? How am I feeding myself? How am I feeding my mind? What books am I reading? What shows am I watching? What am I looking at on television, uh, what am I listening to whenever I have the opportunity, be it audiobooks, music, whatever it is? Like, what are my inputs? Because if you create a success diet, it will become very difficult not to kind of fall into success. And uh, I'm telling you, 
happen because the things that you're learning from that diet will come out of you. You won't be able to help it. <laughs> I know. I know it well. So if the enemy is procrastination, self-doubt, fear, all this other stuff, any other self-defeating quality we tend to feed, have you allowed something or someone to infiltrate your defenses and sneak into your camp? And so another thing to think about in regards to inputs are the people that you are around. So here's a question. Who are you going into battle with? And consider that the people you spend the most time with are your comrades on this mental battlefield. And so then the question becomes, are they battle ready? Like, are they really ready to go to war with you? Because if they're not, then is that the person you want feeding you your inputs? Would you want these same people by your side on a real battlefield where it's really going down? Because if you wouldn't trust the current friend or companion on a literal battlefield, then why do they have access to your mind and to your life? I mean, that's the question. In a military campaign, well, wait, I'm, I'm not going to speed past that. I, I'm not. I, I'm going to stick with that for a little longer. I've shared it before. And a number of different Jim Rohn has said it, Earl Nightingale, Tony Robbins talks about it. Like if you you follow any of these guys, read any of John Maxwell. I mean, I can just go down a list of, you know, different authors who talk about the choices you make in regards to people. And they all say the same thing. Even Napoleon Hill, when he talks about a mastermind group and how to build that group and who you want in the group and who you don't want in the group. What they all say is the people with whom you surround yourself are the greatest indicators of your success. And so if they aren't successful, more than likely you won't be. And so let's let's again, let's take this back to the mental battlefield. If you are literally at war. Right. And I keep taking this to a real battlefield. But keep in mind that we are at war in our heads, right? All the decisions that you have to make, there is some type of conflict. Somebody right now is right now in the conflict of go out or stay home, get some sleep and be rested tomorrow or go out and be tired. That's a conflict. That's a war. And so how do you make the decision? What is the, in some ways, the theme by which you measure all of your decisions or that you use to make your decisions. For me, it's my purpose on the planet. Like, does this align with my purpose? Does this align with what I'm up to? I was telling a friend of mine, so I'm getting married in June and we're just talking about marriage and what it's like to, to make the transition right from being single to married. And he was like, man, how's it going? Is it rough? Is it tough? And I was sharing with him that, in order for me to be my purpose on the planet, like I have to be all in, like I have to be all in with this woman. 
Otherwise, I'm not even living what it is that I believe. You could take everything else and say, you know, well, you know, you're faithful to somebody, committed to them and all that. But my purpose is how I make the decision, which makes it easier to love her that way and be committed to her that way. And so sometimes we just don't have anything that we're committed to and we haven't distinguished that yet. And that's one of the reasons why we constantly lose these battles. So who are the people that you have around? I mean, talking about relationships, like who do you choose to be in relationship with? I mean, I'm with Pam because I know if we have to go to war, she got my back and I got hers. I mean, so those are things that we have to think about, right? So who are these people? And then what are you using to make your decisions in regards to that battle that's taking place in your mind? I guess another question is, who do you need to drop? Uh, Do you need to drop anybody? Have you already thought about the fact that if you had to go to war, you might have to turn around and and watch your back versus be looking at the enemy like you're surrounded by enemies? If that's the case, there's some evaluation that needs to take place. So here's the last thing. In military campaigns, both sides always look to destroy roads and storage depots that can be used to transporting and storing weapons, right? Like this is, you know, this is why officers go to school so they can learn the art of war. And the art of war is, you know, how do you take out not just the soldiers and the infantry and the air force and the Navy of the enemy, but also how do you destroy their roads that, uh, you know, help them transport the ammunition and the soldiers to where they need to go? How do you destroy their strongholds, like their armories and their weapons. One of the things I thought about when I was in San Diego, you know, getting on the base, lots of security, lots of security. And I thought to myself, in a world like this with drones and, and you know, fighter planes, you look into the sky, you look out on the beach where the base was, you don't see anything, right? The base looks very vulnerable. But I can guarantee you, that nothing's getting on that base. You might not be able to see the defense, but the defense is there. So what I'm saying is, in a military campaign, the focus is also on the roads. It's also on what's being stored. And so the question that that creates is what roads and depots do you need to destroy to gain full control of the battle in your mind? I'm going to ask it again. What roads and depots do you need to destroy to gain full control of the battle in your mind? So let me give you an example. And I always go to, to, to dieting because that's the one. I think that's the one thing that we all can relate to. All right. I don't care who you are. You know, short, tall, big or small. Diet matters. And. If you are looking to shift your diet, before you start saying, well, I'm going to buy healthy, I'm going to eat healthy, one of the first things you need to do is destroy the roads and the depots. So where are the depots? The depot is the refrigerator. So what's in the fridge that's not healthy? Throw it out, right? Destroy the storage. Destroy the depot. You know, what's in the pantry? 
you know, what's on top of the refrigerator, what's in the cabinets, every place that you put food or junk, you know, or maybe the Twinkies and the Ho-Hos and the cupcakes that you have hidden under the bed, whatever it is, those are your depots. If you're saying that I am now going to have a healthy diet. And so you have to destroy the depots. And it's the same thing with everything else in life. The same thing. If you're trying to achieve something, what are the roads that need to be destroyed? And what are the depots? What are the storage places for how you will be successful? Because while it's a battle in your mind, you have to take away all of the weapons. You have to take away all of the weapons. And so that junk food under the bed, the junk food in the fridge, those are weapons. You got to take them out. That's the enemy if we're talking about dieting. And it's the same way for everything else. So if you had to create a plan based on what I shared tonight, like if this was a war, that's how you would go about it. Because it is a war when it comes to the mind. So I suppose the question is, what will it take for you to murder mediocrity? This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois, on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Linnell Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text INSPIRED to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.